Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. This is the one-stop shop for all things coaching. We do not stop at training and nutrition. We dive much deeper and we cover all things personal development. I am your host and your coach, Cody Boom Boom McBroom, and I am here to coach you through these speakers on all things science-based training and nutrition and hopefully apply them and educate you in an applicable way. Today is part four of the individual training series. This is where I help you build individualized training design so that you can have more successful workouts and properly understand how to actually program design for better results. We have gone through assessing and execution. We have gone through volume, intensity, and frequency. We have gone through exercise selection and tempo and variation. We've gone through so many different things now. And today we are going to touch on progressions, periodization, and effort, which is going to be RIR, reps in reserve, and RPE, rate of perceived exertion. As we dive into this, this is kind of where we take all these fundamental building blocks, volume, exercise selection, intensity, assessing before you even start programming, all those things we've already covered. This is where we actually start taking all those things and we mold them into something that progresses and builds over time. If you do not have progressive overload, you literally can't build muscle. You can't get stronger. You can't burn fat. You can't get better. The art of training, the success inside of training comes from getting better at things. This is where we take all the things that we have covered and then we learn how to plan ahead, which is periodization, and then build a progression scheme to have progressive overload, which increases volume. And then we can use tools like RPE, RIR, to gauge that progressive overload to make sure that we are maximally stimulating growth and properly recovering. So I'm really excited about this episode because it really starts to kind of take things. This part four and part five, this one and the next one, really start taking everything that we've taught you so far and educated on and kind of puts it into a plan. It kind of molds it into something that you can actually use and leave with. So this is where things start to really come together and you can actually get to the paper and put it down. If you are new to the show, make sure you do me two quick favors. Scroll down in the description and check out our top four ranked episodes by the listeners so you can get a better taste of what this show is about. Next, hit the subscribe button to make sure you're getting constantly updated with the latest and greatest content. We drop three free episodes per week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And whether you're new or old to this podcast, if you enjoy the educational content that I am providing, please do me a huge favor and spread this message to get more people on board with what we are doing. The best way to do that, take a screenshot of the show right now, head over to Instagram, post on your story and tag myself at cody.boomboom so I can see who you are and thank you for listening to the show and then share it on my own story as well. All right, without any further ado, let's get on to part four of the individual training design series. This is part four of the individual training design series where I take you through A to Z on how to build your own workouts, how to effectively program design, individualize your training for you to get the best results possible. We have covered quite a bit in the series already. We have gone through three parts. Today is part four, and this is gonna be about progression, periodization, and effort. Effort is going to be uh, reps in reserve and rate of perceived exertion. We're gonna get into that in a sec. First, we're gonna talk about progression. So progressions are actually pretty damn simple. Most people will understand what progress means. The problem with progressions is two things. Number one, people aren't tracking enough metrics to understand that they are actually progressing even when the weight on the bar is not getting bigger because as we know, yes, adding load, which we're gonna touch on, 
is a form of progression that is a good thing if you can add weight to the bar, but it is not endless. It is not infinite. So we're not going to be infinitely able to just keep stacking weight on the bar. I'd be benching a thousand pounds by now and I'm nowhere remotely even close to that. I've been bench pressing for nine years now and I'm still barely touching 250 pounds. My point with that being is you have to track other metrics to make sure you can progress without expecting to just constantly add weight to the bar. So the other piece of progression is just that finding other routes and understanding what those other things are. So first and foremost, we got to make sure that we are actually following a training program where we can track weight, reps, volume, sets, recovery, performance, any type of avenue that we could increase, improve, or progress with, we should be tracking because that's how we're going to know we're progressing. And the more advanced you get, the less progression you're going to have and the smaller they are going to be. If a weightlifter can add five pounds to his bench over months, that's actually a good thing at the advanced level. If a newbie gains 20 pounds, that's pretty normal. It's about the same. It's relative to the individual's experience. So as we dive into progressions, the reason progressing is so important is because progressive overload, the process of adding some kind of load, again, that could be any form of resistance or load possible, that is the key to drive growth. When we are a beginner in the gym, we don't really need to do any type of progressive overload. Now, granted, you will because it's easy to keep getting better as you first start training, but it doesn't necessarily matter that you are doing that at the beginning. What matters at the beginning is that you are simply training. That stress and stimulus on the body is going to elicit change. You are going to recover and adapt to that and you are gonna build muscle regardless. You're gonna burn fat regardless. You're gonna get stronger regardless. So progressive overload, although it's a key, when you're at the beginning of your training career, training history journey, you really don't even need to worry about it. As we progress and get more and more advanced, we need to play closer attention to progressive overload to make sure that we are stimulating more growth. Because as your body adapts to what you are doing, it essentially gets better at it, and that leads to less stress. If we have less stress and stimulus placed on the muscle, we have to recover less and adapt less, which means nothing actually changes. If we recover and adapt and we have a stress that we need to adapt from, that is actually the process of building new muscle tissue. So as we go through the forms of progression and progressive overload, it all kind of relates to volume regardless. And this is why periodization doesn't matter as much as most people think it does, specifically if you are targeting hypertrophy. In fact, I know a lot of really good, smart coaches in the industry who are really well known for getting guys very big and very lean. They're really aesthetically driven coaches and they don't even focus on periodization. Because at the end of the day, if you're progressing, it doesn't matter. But we're still going to touch on that today because it is important for people who are targeting strength, power, sports-specific skills, things like that. But when we go into progressions, it's everything related to how we can increase volume over time, which in hindsight is just progressive overload. If you can do more volume in two months from now, you have progressively overloaded your body. That's going to create a bigger amount of stress that's going to lead to more adaptation, which is growth. The first type of progression we have to accomplish progressive overload is gonna be load and weight. This is pretty well known. If you can add weight to the bar, you absolutely should. At first, when you are training, you might be sticking to a three by 10 program, very classic bodybuilding rep and set scheme. As you do three by 10, week after week after week, which again is why it's very important to actually stick to a program. So just to draw back a little bit before we dive into this progressive overload too deep, I probably should make this caveat. If we look at progressive overload, it only happens if you repeatedly do the same thing over time. See, CrossFit is a different beast in and of itself. 
It's also why it's not the best modality for aesthetically driven results because every single week is different for the most part. Now, if you are trying to get good at the sport of CrossFit, that's actually what you should be doing because CrossFit is kind of random. It's concurrent training, which we're gonna talk about a little bit today inside of periodization. Concurrent training means training multiple modalities at one time. When you do CrossFit at a high level, you are training endurance, you are training aerobic capacity, you are training anaerobic abilities and conditioning, metabolic conditioning, you are training power and strength and hypertrophy, muscular endurance, so many different things all in one that it has to be random. It has to be constantly dynamic and changing. And very often, the only thing that stays static and and linear throughout a program inside of CrossFit is the compound lift. You might follow a squat cycle and repeatedly squat, but everything else changes. Kind of off tangent, but my point with this is if you're trying to stimulate muscle growth, true strength, or change your body composition in any way, week after week, you should be doing the same thing. So if there's any part of periodization that really matters inside of all this, it's that you have a program that you follow for three to six weeks at least. Oftentimes, you can push that all the way to 16 weeks, especially with the compound lifts. The accessory movements may change throughout that time because it's easy to change a T-bar row from a wide grip to a neutral grip to a supinated grip to a barbell to a dumbbell. Every two to three weeks changing that, totally fine. You're staying in the same rep zone. You're staying in the same intensity zone. That's all that matters. The compound lift, however, there's a lot of skill involved in the squat, in the bench, in the deadlift, in the overhead press. So you should repeatedly do that and focus on progressive overload week to week so that you can track and actually build volume over time. That is the biggest key. So the reason I'm prefacing this first because talking about progression, periodization, and effort really doesn't matter if you are program hopping and jumping into different programs. That's why inside the Boom Boom Elite, our membership side, I tell everybody at least three weeks per program, if not up to six. And we stick with that at least for a month. And then you try to get better week after week after week. And if you can get better week after week after week, you are accomplishing progressive overload in some way, shape, or form, even if you're not adding weight, which we're going to touch on. So back to being on track with progression. Assuming we are following a static program and we are building t- progress over time and we have a program that gives us metrics to be able to track week to week so we can see progress, the first type of progression is obviously load. This just means you're adding weight to the bar every week. Now, there's a couple ways to approach this, so we're going to kind of jump around here, but the first and the most obvious and easiest one is you're sticking with a set and rep scheme, like I said, three by 10. Every week you add five to 10 pounds on the bar. Could be two and a half on each side, could be fives on each side. If you can make a jump for 10 on each side, great. But you're hitting the same level of reps, the same amount of reps, and you're just adding weight to the bar. What does this do? It adds volume. Because as we touched on in part two, the volume one, volume by its definition is sets times reps times weight lifted. So your total volume throughout the week increases even though you're doing the same reps and sets, but it's because you're adding load to the bar. Perfect. Now, over time, you might not be able to add weight to that 10. At some point, especially if you're advanced, we know that you can't just do three by 10, three by 10, three by 10, three by 10, and expect to just keep adding weight to the bar. Usually after even just a week, you can't add weight to the bar unless you do something, which is where block periodization comes in, which we're gonna touch on in a bit, which is basically the process of lowering volume, increasing intensity, intensity being load, which means week one might still be three by 10, Week two would be three by nine. My volume from reps dropped, but my intensity, my load increased because I had one less rep to do, meaning I could go heavier. The week after that, three by eight. Week after that, three by seven. 
eventually you can go, you know, however many weeks you want to, but eventually you come back to three by 10 and guess what? You are now stronger and you can lift more weight for 10 than you could on week one. That's block periodization. It's one of my favorite types. It's very simple and it works really easily. Um, now, that is how we're going to increase load. As a beginner, you don't have to do anything besides add weight to the bar. As a more advanced individual, you typically have to lower volume through reps so you can increase intensity via load. That is going to lead to a total volume increase over time. We're not looking for weekly huge gains in progress. We're looking for monthly, quarterly, and yearly. So as we drop reps and add load and then come back to higher reps with higher load at this time when we're stronger, over the course of three to six months, we actually are significantly increasing volume. So you have to be patient. The next one is reps and sets. So this is a direct volume uh, increase, and this is probably more common in the high-level bodybuilding world where they're not as focused on building strength particularly. What they're going to do is add reps and sets. The downfall of this is a lot of times it takes more time in the gym. What this means is like, okay, I'm doing three sets of 10 this week. I might do four sets of 10 on week three. So I stay three by 10, three by 10, four by 10, four by 10, five by 10, five by 10. So I might accumulate volume by adding a set every two to three weeks. And then every six to eight weeks, up to 12 weeks, once fatigue starts accumulating up too high, you're gonna come back down to a lower volume for a little bit to deload and then repeat. When you do repeat, you typically do go back to that three by 10. However, you are now lifting heavier because you've built muscle and strength over time. So the same exact process of doing what I just explained with block periodization, but with reps in a longer scale because it takes more time. The other way to do that, and, and the reason there is a con with that I should say, doing six sets of 10 obviously takes a lot longer than three sets of 10. So if you don't have countless time to be in the gym, a classic load progression might be a better choice for you. But regardless, it comes back to the fact that we are adding volume over time. Another way to do this is quite the opposite of the first block periodization I explained with load. Instead of adding load and decreasing reps, I might drop load or keep it the same and add reps. So week one, using the three by 10 model again, would be three by 10. Week two would be three by 11. Week three would be three by 12. And you would accumulate volume until you get to 14 to 15 reps. And then you would come back to three by 10. This also works great starting at eight. So you go eights, nines, tens, elevens, twelves, back to eights at a heavier weight, and you just keep going. It's always gonna be a cycle, and the goal over time is to increase volume. As you climb up those reps, at times you might have to lower weight to keep exercise execution, form, intention good, but again, we're accomplishing more volume, and that's the biggest key here. Progressive overload is a simple way to increase volume. Now, the last thing I put here is intensifications. This is where we would add drop sets, EMOMs, uh, EDTs or AMRAPs, um, Myo reps, things like that. These are great for advanced lifters who A, can handle more volume, but don't necessarily have a lot of time. B, people who get really bored in the gym. I am one of these people. I like doing these things because it intensifies it, gets it exciting. Um, but you can't progress volume too high in these simple ways and add intensifications. Because doing a big drop set after a set where you peel the weight by 35 to 50% and you max out, it's fatiguing on your nervous system, your joints, and your muscles. Doing myo reps where you finish a set, breathe three to five times, it's usually like a five to 10 second break, and then you repeat as many sets of three as you can until you can no longer repeat three, adds a ton of volume, a ton of fatigue, and a lot of intensity. So your nervous system, joints, and muscles are damaged. EMOMs, AMRAPs, all these things are very intense and they need to be used lightly. 
but they can be a fun way to spice up training, add volume, because we again are adding volume, um, and just make things funner. That's the biggest thing. If you wanna have more fun in your training, intensifications can be a good way to do that, but again, you can't do them very often. So what I like to do is split, kind of splice these in every couple weeks. So I have some clients that we're at a static amount of volume because they can't spend more time in the gym. They are advanced lifters, so we can't expect the weight on the bar to just continually rise, and they really wanna have fun. So what we do is two weeks of just general block periodization, two weeks of just trying to progressively overload, master form, and just have good training, and then two weeks of intensification. So we might do slow negatives, we might do isometrics, we might do drop sets, we might do super high volumes, we might do EDTs, we might do AMRAPs, we can splice these things in for two weeks, then we back off for two weeks and train regular, come back at it for two weeks. You can even do it as like a third week intensification. So build normal, build normal, intensify, deload. Build, build, intensify, deload. Build, build, intensify, deload. And that's a four week block with a deload periodize, periodize in. So intensifications are just way to spice up training. Again, just make things more intense, but they have to be taken lightly because they are not as great as people would expect them to be because they feel so intense, we assume they're gonna be very profitable for our gains, I should say. But the reality is, is usually the fatigue ratio is higher than the, the benefit ratio. So we're not accumulating that much extra volume for the amount of fatigue we are creating. So you have to be very careful with them. And I only suggest them to people who are very low on time and can't add total volume just through hard working sets, which is probably gonna be most beneficial. But again, when we look at progressive overload as a whole, there are many ways to do it, and the key is volume. So in this series, as we touched on assessing, executing, exercise selection, volume, intensity, all these things, this is when we start looking at this. Don't worry about progressing anything until you've locked down what you are doing and how you are doing it, because that gives you a foundation and a system to build on top of. You can't progress something that isn't trackable. So that's why we've gone over all those things before we even touched on this. Now, most people would assume periodization would come first, especially because I'm known for nutritional periodization, which is something I really do believe in and we touched on a lot inside the Nutrition for Fat Loss series. However, when we talk about periodization for aesthetic results, so changing your body composition, not necessarily just getting stronger, it's actually not that important and you kind of don't have to do it to an extent in an advanced level. So let's talk about this. Periodization is simple. It means to plan. 100% you have to plan. If you've been watching this whole time, you're obviously planning your training. You need to understand your volume. You need to understand your intensity. You need to understand your exercise selection. You need to know your training split. In a sense, that is periodization. You are planning ahead. Now, when we think long-term periodization of how you're gonna accumulate volume over time, it's not necessarily as important as long as you are able to progress. So. Periodization would mean phasing in and out of different intensities and cycles of training. Progressive overload is just simply getting better. To some extent, you have to periodize in order to progress. Because if I'm dropping reps every week so I can increase load and eventually get stronger at a higher volume, it's technically periodization. But what I mean by you don't have to technically periodize is that you don't have to follow any titled periodization in order to create change. You just need to stick to a program. And what that means is if you just prefer higher rep training, you technically could stick with that. If you prefer lower rep training, you could stick with that. If volume is adequate enough to stimulate growth and you are consistently adding volume over time, you're set. However, certain ways of setting this up can help you do that a little bit. Linear periodization, we're gonna start with even though it's in the middle. 
is a way to just increase load over time. It's basically the classic linear, linear periodization. You're doing one thing and you're getting better at it over time. So I might stick with you know my compound lifts. I lift four days a week on an upper lower split. They're all four by eight and I'm just gonna get stronger over time. Linear periodization, very simple. Add weight to the bar, keep going. Block periodization is what I talked about earlier. It's where we decrease volume while increasing intensity and then cycle back over time. So this means taking away a rep every week and adding load until you get to a point where you need to cycle back to week one's rep and set scheme and add load to that. So you're kind of doing this big circle over time. You're progressing, 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 coming back down in volume so you can add load and you're doing it again. Um, DUP is daily undulated periodization. This is where we're gonna have three different intensities in a single week. And you could actually have two different intensities like a conjugate method and do this exact same thing. So DUP works really well for people who want to look good and get really strong. It's essentially going like this. One day this week, I am going to squat heavy for low rep. One day this week, I'm going to squat moderately light with high rep. So we're in a quote unquote strength power zone and we're in a quote unquote hypertrophy zone. And if you were a power lifter, you might also throw in a power speed day where you're doing very light percentages for very fast. So you have speed squat, hypertrophy squat, strength squat, and you repeat that every week. You can do weekly periodization with this as well, where you go, this week I'm doing strength and hypertrophy, next week I'm doing power and hypertrophy, strength, hypertrophy, power, hypertrophy. So you alternate, this is how functional muscle two works, you alternate strength and power every other week while keeping your main focus, hypertrophy, in there every single week. But the point with this is simple, it's somewhat concurrent training where you're focusing on multiple modalities in one single week within the same movement pattern or muscle group. That's the big key here. I really do like this for building strength while chasing gains in the gym, but I like a weekly model. I would rather have two thirds to three fourths of my training being focused on hypertrophy, meaning higher reps, higher volume, more tension-based exercises, while every third session of lower body, upper body, I'm throwing in a strength cycle. So usually like every other week, I'm throwing in low reps and getting some heavy loads because we do need to neurologically train and get stronger as we go. But that's what DUP is. Now, all of these can be essentially used together in culprit, or you can use these in order to progress over time. But the big thing is find something that makes sense to you and just progressively overload. For some people, they really don't like going under eight reps because that's where their joints start to take a beating. So never go under eight reps. As long as you are progressing, you're solid. And that could be through linear block periodization or it could be not even worrying about it and just making sure that you are progressing through effort, which is what we're gonna touch on next. Effort is rate of perceived exertion and RIR is going to be reps in reserve. So we have RPE and RIR and these are things that we can put into our program to determine how hard somebody is working and how close to failure they are going. So below that I wrote 80 to 90% of max effort. And what I mean by that is in most studies, in most research, in most training and successful training, what we see is that if you are in that 80 to 90% of maximal effort of failure, you are going to most likely see the best gains. If we go above that 90% and we get too close to 100% failure where we're literally failing, which would be an RPE of 10, if we look at our RPE scale, it's one to 10, or an RIR of zero, which would be reps in reserve, I have zero reps left in reserve. If we get to that point, we have gone too far. Yes, we are stimulating maximal growth in that set, but we are damaging recovery to an extent that we can't bounce back quick enough to hit the muscle again. That's going to lower volume on a weekly, monthly basis, and that's gonna to lead to less gains. 
What they show in studies is that a RIR of one to two, so you have one to two reps in the tank or a RPE, rate of perceived exertion of eight to nine, always meaning we're staying in that 80 to 90% of maximum intensity close to failure. If you stay in that zone, you stimulate the same amount of muscle growth as you would by going to failure. The difference is, is when we stay at that 80 to 90%, we can actually recover quicker. And that means we can hit the muscle again with higher loads sooner. Whereas if we go to failure, not only our muscles and our joints are gonna take a bigger beating, but our nervous system is going to be more fatigued. And that means the next time we go to train that muscle, we're more likely to have to drop the weight down. That's gonna lower our total volume of that workout, likely the total volume of that week and month. And when we have that low of volume, our total results suffer. So the big thing here is RPE and RIR are just tools. You can use either one, you can use both. This is also a progressive model. I like using RIR as a progressive model. I might stay at 10 reps every single week, but I accumulate my RIR higher. So what that means is my compound lift might be uh, three RIR, three reps in reserve. That means I'm gonna leave three in the tank. Week two, leave two in the tank. Week three, leave one in the tank. Week four, leave a half a rep in the tank. And what that means is I can get my final rep, but it's a grinder. I'm pushing to that overreaching limit. Week five, I deload. Very simple. My accessory work, you can do the same thing, but you would do it on a higher scale. So you might go two reps in reserve, one reps in reserve, and then failure because things like lateral raises and curls and rows, you can go closer to failure and it's not gonna be as systemically fatiguing or risky on your joints. But my point is, if you don't wanna worry about changing reps, you don't wanna worry about periodization, have a solid foundational program where you have the right exercises and you just work on RIR or RPE. And the last thing I will touch on in this, and this is something very popular in the hypertrophy realm, is only focusing on this key right here. Because one thing we know with studies is we see periodization, which by the way, when volume was equated, they actually ruled out periodization being a factor in better hypertrophy. And what that means is they did a study showing periodization doesn't matter too much for hypertrophy specifically. Completely different in the sport of weightlifting, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, things like that. But when we talk specifically about body composition, it's not nearly as important, if important at all. What is important is this. Getting close but not quite to failure. That means your effort in the gym is hard. You are stimulating the growth. That's what we are trying to do here. And if you've locked in your volume and your exercise uh, selection and execution, like we talked about in the last episode, Staying in this realm is gonna give you the best gains. And there's a lot of people now who will stay in rep ranges, which I really do like. So what this would be is we might have four sets of a lying hamstring curl. And I'm gonna stay in between six to 10 reps, right? What I'm focusing on is a RIR of one. I wanna leave one in the tank. That means I'm getting to that 90% of max effort. That means I'm working very hard and I'm stimulating growth, but I'm never pushing to failure. I'm gonna stay in the six to 10 zone. It doesn't matter what my reps are. What matters is my effort. Maybe today I feel like going heavier. Maybe today I feel like going lighter. It depends how I feel. But if I stay in this zone, the load is not really as important because as we know, volume equated, it's all the same. So if I go six reps, but I have 100 pounds versus I go 10 reps with 75 pounds, by the time I get to whatever rep zone I hit, the total volume, sets times reps times weight, ends up being exactly the same and I stayed in this 80 to 90% of max effort zone. And if I can do that using RPE and RIR, I'm most likely going to stay in a place where I can consistently change my body composition.
All right, guys, so to wrap this up, progressive overload, it's one of the most fundamental keys of seeing success over time, especially as you get more advanced. Lock in the, the stages in parts one, two, and three, and then start focusing on this before anything else. If you can progress over time and get better at the movement quality, at the tension inside the muscle, at the skill behind the exercise execution, by adding load, by adding volume, any way you can get better, that's how you're gonna continually improve your physique. The second part of this, periodization, it doesn't matter as much as most people thought when it comes to hypertrophy. For strength, power, sport, totally different. But inside hypertrophy and body composition, it's not as big of a deal, but it can help you organize a way to progressively overload over time, and it can make things more systematic, which can be fun, exciting, and just easier to be successful because you have an organized plan. And then lastly, use RPE and RIR as tools to ensure that you are staying in the 80 to 90% of max effort zone so that you can actually be at a level of stimulus that creates a stress that your body will need to adapt from and successfully change. All right, guys, that is part four. Super excited about these series. If you have any questions, leave a comment, shoot me a message. Check out boomboomformance.com for any more content that you wanna see and stay tuned for part five. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.